Hello, everybody. My name is Jake McGrell, and alongside me is Corey Branson and Ollie Nicholas of CITR Sports, broadcasting live from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the unseated grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Always keep you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news and stories. And yes, you heard that right. We have a new man in the studio today. He sat in on our last show, and today he's here in front of a microphone. Why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, my name's Ollie. Uh, I'm a journalism master's student. Uh, interested in sports, so I thought I'd try and get involved and, uh, yeah, hopefully do a lot more over the next couple of years. Yeah, I'm now outnumbered by the Masters of Journalism students here in the booth. Unfortunately, uh, Mike and Diana not able to be here today due to exams. Diana, because she's writing one very soon today, and Mike, because he had one at 8 a.m. and did not finish in time to be able to get himself out here, which is unfortunate. But uh, there was not any UBC Thunderbirds action this past week as our student-athletes focus on their exams. So today's show will be a retrospective of the semester as a whole, going through all of our different teams and highlighting the biggest moments of their seasons this semester. Also, recently, Mike Liu was able to sit down for an interview with women's hockey player Shaylee McConnell. We will play that later in the show. But first, let's take a look back at how the previous few months have unfolded for the Thunderbirds. For sure. It looked to be another season of doom and gloom for our football team early on. But a late turnaround saw the group squeak into a playoff spot. They bowed out in the Canada West semifinals against a heavily favored Saskatchewan team. But postseason action of any kind was a really welcome surprise for this bunch. Yeah, things did not start well at all this season. The Thunderbirds, they dropped their first two games of the year by a combined score of 87 to 34. You can check out our shows from late September or early October if you want to hear what we thought about those performances. It was really a repeat of the previous season. <laughs> we, were, we were drilling them so hard. <laughs> we, we, as in you, mostly. <laughs> I think Mike contributed a little bit. That's true. Mike he was honest. Mike, the inside voice, given that he was, he, well, he was, he is still a trainer on the football team as well. That was a great perspective to have, but yeah, not looking good. No. Uh, the switch flipped in Regina, however, as the T-Birds shut out through three quarters in their third game of the season, scored 23 in the fourth to force overtime against the Rams, and they won. Then they handed the Manitoba Bisons their first loss of the season a week later in another comeback effort. All of a sudden, 2-2. Two, 2-2, two. Two and two, rather. Uh, and a, a rescued season. Uh, it was a humbling loss against the Dinos? Dinos? The Dinos, yeah. Dinos in Calgary uh, followed. And playoff dreams seem to be fading, but a victory over the Alberta Golden Pandas, great name, uh, and a loss by the Dinos on the final day meant that against all odds, the T-Birds were in were playoff bound. It is a great name. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> notice, I'm noticing this, like when I was doing a bit of research, there are some good names. <laughs> yeah, the playoff game against the Huskies that Corey mentioned was closer than a final score of 39-17 to 17 might suggest because the T-Birds, they only trailed by five halfway through the fourth quarter, but Saskatchewan then went on a late run to balloon the lead. But given that the Huskies ended up going all the way to the Vanier Cup and lost in a close game against Western, this really proved UBC could hang with quite a strong team. Yeah, and in a season full of pleasant surprises, Garrett Rooker's emergence was the most impactful after riding the quarterback carousel since the departure of Michael O'Connor back in 2019, the T-Birds, they finally found their starter in Rooker. He's a real potent threat with both his arm and his legs. He's also just a fir- first year, uh, so Rooker should be leading the Thunderbirds for many years to come. 
Awesome. Um, yeah, moving on to soccer. Um, so the women's team, uh, they're the defending uh, champions. Uh, UBC Thunderbirds finished their season this year, though, with a 3-1 to one loss on penalties to Laval Rouge Aor in the bronze medal match uh, on the 21st of November at the 2021 U Sports Women's Soccer Championships in Sydney, Nova Scotia. Yeah, the women's team, they finished the regular season with a record of 9-1-2. Very strong year. The only loss came against the Trinity Western Spartans, who nearly went the entire year undefeated. Yeah, they lost to the Spartans again in the Canada West Championship game, but they still did enough to qualify for nationals, and they look to become the first repeat champions of that event since 2013. Mm. They advanced to the semifinals, beating the Arcadia Axe women 2-1 on penalties before losing that semifinal match 1-0 in extra time against uh, McEwen Griffins, who went on to beat the TW in the final. Uh, and I just put a note on this, like coming from an Englishman, I feel all the pain for these penalty losses. <laughs> so I was going through this and I was like, oh, I get this. It's your, your first time being on the show. You got to relive all these memories of your, your soccer past. Yeah, I think about it at night regularly. <laughs> As someone who cheers for Italy, penalty shootouts are only a good thing. For yeah, I'm sure. I had a great summer. Yeah. Quite well. I'm happy for you. <laughs> Thanks. With the uh, For the Thunderbirds, Danielle Steer, we talked about her a lot. She was dominant in front of goal this year. She scored 18 goals in 18 games in the regular season and playoffs combined. Sophia Ferreira was named the Canada West Rookie of the Year. Steer, Ferreira, and Emily Moore were named Canada West First Team All-Stars. And Catalan Tolnai was named a Second Team All-Star. That's pride of a Squibold High School, Emily Moore. I knew he said we'd <laughs> only do it one more time after they lost at Nationals, but I feel... Ha- have to do it one more, one more time. I feel obligated. Uh, the men's uh, season was quite bizarre. Like the men's uh, team actually finished with a record of four to six. There were a lot of uh, tie matches in this league, which meant that they actually uh, finished second in the Western Conference, earning them a spot at nationals, which is very bizarre, having only won four games in the regular season. Yeah, at Nationals, their quarterfinal game against the Carlton Ravens was going well. They got out to a 2-0 first half lead. However, the Thunderbirds conceded two Ravens goals within eight minutes in the second half. That forced extra time. And eventually, our favorite event, (laughs) penalty shootout. Yeah, Ollie, avert your eyes. (laughs) There is more penalty heartbreak for UBC as Carlton advanced 5-3. And then the Thunderbirds, their season came to an end in a 4-2 loss to the Laval Rouge Aor in a consolation semifinal, meaning that they finished seventh at Nationals. On a more positive note, uh, defender Christopher Lee was named a Canada West second team all-star as well as one of uh, the all-rookie team uh, with goalkeeper Bennett McKay also named to the all-rookie team. Yeah, now moving on to rugby. The women's rugby team had their best season in program history going a perfect 7-0 and in the Canada West play, including the playoffs where they won the conference championship for the second straight season. Yeah, Thunderbirds, they absolutely dominated Canada West. They ended the regular season with a plus 186 point differential in five games. <laughs> and their smallest margin of victory was only, only 19 points. They then won the conference title 47-13, to 13, a blowout against UVic. It was, it was not close the entire season. It was no. ridiculous. Uh, unfortunately, their appearance at the National Championship Tournament did not go according to plan as UBC lost in their quarterfinals to Queens, but they rebounded to blow out Arcadia and Guelph in the consolation bracket to finish fifth. 
And also, we mentioned Emily Moore. We got it one more time. We can also have Queens one more time, Corey. What 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 are the, what are what are Queens called? The Golden Gales. Yes, we <laughs> <laughs> we know that it was a learning moment. Great times. That's why I'm at university, Jake, to learn things, <laughs> and I've learned, and we can stop talking about it. Yes. Okay. From now on, we can stop talking about it. Uh, Dean Merton, he was named the U Sports Coach of the Year. Savannah Bowder, who we just had on the show recently. Savannah Bowder. Savannah Bowder. Oh my goodness. Oh. <laughs> Even I knew that. By now. <laughs> Savannah, I'm sorry. <laughs> she was named the Canada West Player of the Year. And Bowder, Shoshana Samatatafa, and Michaela Nelson were named first-team All-Canadians. Piper Logan was named a second-team All-Canadian. Moving on to the men's, uh, the men's team took part in a tournament called the Coastal Cup, which pitted them against both school and club teams in BC uh, before returning to the Canadian University Championship. Yeah, unfortunately, UBC, they were unable to claim victory in the first Coastal Cup. They finished tied for second with Pacific Pride with a record of 4-1-1. Vancouver Wave finished 6-0 to win that tournament. There's no playoff bracket at the end of it to (laughs) decide a winner, so maybe that could have changed if they had gone beyond the regular season. Yeah, one place they did get a playoff bracket was at the Canadian University Championship, where the Thunderbirds fared much better. They beat Royal Military College 66-0 in the quarterfinals before defeating Queens and Victoria to win their third banner in four seasons. The 2022 Canadian University Championship will be held here at UBC next November. The second time that UBC have hosted the tournament, this means the Thunderbirds will get an automatic spot in the tournament as hosts. Yeah. I mean, we're not usually worried about them qualifying anyway, but nice nice to know yeah, that they have a fallback. It's relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Try new things. Yeah. Uh, moving on to our golf teams, this year they won tournaments. They won many tournaments, in fact. The teams actually swept their fall schedules. One asterisk at the Warrior Invitational, where our men's team finished only in a tie for first with Lewis Clark State. Otherwise, a clean slate. We hope and expect the teams will continue to bully their competition come the spring. Because and this was ridiculous. Yeah, on the women's side, they all they won all but one individual title as well as all those team titles. Emily Lee had two victories. One of them was a solo win. One of them was a shared win. While Grace Bell and Elizabeth Labay also topped one podium each. On the men's side, Russell Howler and friend of the show, Ethan DeGraff. F- whose friend? <laughs> he he, he was just... interviewed on the show. Yes. Okay. Everyone, everyone who's been on the show is a friend of the show. Okay, yeah. it's good to have friends. Uh, grabbed individual <laughs> titles of their own. If not for Calgary's Ethan Banks, who twice defeated Thunderbirds in the playoffs, the number of individual titles would have matched the women's team at four. Yeah, it was interesting because Ethan DeGrasse's win was also in a playoff. So every time, except for the Russell Howlett win, it was a playoff that the Thunderbirds were going to, pretty much. So a lot of, uh, a lot of close golf out there. Most notable of the tournament wins for both squads was the Canada West Championship, where UBC dominance was on full display. The men's team finished 23 strokes ahead of UFB, who were the defending champions, while the women were 27 shots better than UBCO. Yeah, those championship cakewalks should prepare the teams well for their spring seasons. While schedules, they're mostly still under wraps. Most sports that are only taking place in the second semester have been very, very slow to release schedules, I assume, out of abundance of caution due to the fact that things could very easily change depending on what uh, the COVID situation is. 
but we know that both programs will play, or at least they should be playing, in the CCC, NAIA, and eSports Championships come April and May. It's so frustrating having these constant, like, stop-start, like... All the asterisks of, this stuff should happen, hopefully. (laughs) We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt so good at the start of the season. It felt like the clouds were opening up and everything was coming back to normal, and here we are once again. (laughs) Just in time for the festive period. Yes. Uh, Moving on to cross-country, both of our cross-country teams had a strong season winning all three team events that they competed in uh, in September and October before both placing fourth at Nationals in November. Yeah, both Thunderbirds teams won the Canada West Championship, the third title in a row for the women's team and the first for the men's team since the cross-country program returned to U-Sports in 2018. On the men's side, Thomas Nobbs was named the Canada West Athlete of the Year, Spencer Hardy the Rookie of the Year, and Nobbs, Tyler Dozy, and Joshua Cazelli, also a UBC Masters of Journalism student, were named all Canadians. <laughs> On the women's side, Mackenzie Campbell was named an all-Canadian. Yeah, I'm good friends with Josh, and I was very happy to, to see this news. It was nice to see a friend do so well. A friend of the show. Um, a few Thunderbirds also competed at the Canadian Cross Country Championships, most of them in the under 20 competitions. Uh, Nobbs and Dozy uh, finished 9th and 11th in the Senior Men's Open, and Hardy finished 3rd in the under 20 men's race. Yeah, on the women's side, Jamie Hennessy was the one Thunderbird to take part in the Senior Women's Open at the Canadian Cross Country Championships. She finished 22nd. Katie Newlove was the top U20 UBC female runner with a third place finish in that race. Uh, m- moving on to swimming. Uh, the winds of change brew throughout the UBC Aquatic Centre this semester as a historic run of dominance came to an end. While the men's team won their 8th consecutive and 25th overall Canada West Championship, the women saw their streak of conference wins end at 11 straight as the Calgary Dinos pulled off an improbable upset. Only 11 straight championships. <laughs> How could they have such a short run at the top? Uh, <laughs> it was only a decade long. <laughs> Couldn't have made it 12. These results, they were foretold early in November at the Audlin Brown Colleges Cup. That's UBC's pre-championship warm-up event that's hosted here on campus. There, the men also came out on top while the women played second fiddle to those pesky dinos. So, it was the future that we were seeing. At that we just didn't know it yet. <laughs> yes, the women's team got their work cut out for them in the second semester. But uh, at the Canada West Finals, Blake Tierney and Emma O'Croynan won seven medals apiece for the men's and women's teams, respectively. Tierney also set a new Canada West record in the 200-meter backstroke along the way. O'Croynan was named Canada West Rookie of the Year after the championship, whilst Derek Schuf won the Coach of the Year award for his work with the men's team. Attention now turns to Quebec, where Laval will host the U-Sports Championships from February 25th to 27th. Both teams are four-time defending national champions, so still a chance for the women to redeem their season. Not that they've had a bad season, yeah. but this uh, this extended run at the top means expectations are lofty. So. It's, it's no 11 years in a row, but four-time defending national championships. That, that, that's all right. We'll take <laughs> Got to pump those up. Those are rookie numbers. <laughs> We're now going to take a quick break for ads and PSAs. We've got plenty more sports to cover once we get back, plus that interview that we mentioned with Shaylee McConnell. Album Black Moon by Civic TV provides a cinematic backdrop, a modern day symphony of the dark and light that is our collective reality. 
Take a listen to Black Moon, now available via Flemish Eye Records and on all streaming platforms. We don't need to tell you that Vancouver has a housing problem. Mass evictions. Mass evictions. Unfair rent increases. What happened to rent control and protection from unfair eviction? If these or other housing matters concern you, you may be interested in joining the Vancouver Tenants Union. For more information, visit tenantsunion.ca. Welcome back. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye here on CITR 101.9 FM. We still got plenty of sports to run through, starting with women's field hockey. The Canada West women's field hockey season was different this year as in order to lessen the amount of travel needed, all three teams had their eight-game schedule packed into two mini-tournaments with four games each on two separate weekends. Uh, both teams uh, of these tournaments took... Uh, sorry. Both of these tournaments took place in October, one in Victoria and one in Vancouver. Overall, the Thunderbirds finished the season 4-4, four and four, winning all their games against Calgary and losing all of their games against Victoria. Yeah, the games against the Dinos, they were all blowouts. UBC won the four matchups with a combined score of 20 to nothing. The Dinos also went 0-4 against the Vikes and were outscored 24-1. Why are we Why are we doing this to the Dinos? <laughs> why are we talking about all of their losses? I feel kind of bad. I guess yeah. they beat us in swimming, so they yeah, deserve the, it. The Dinos, they got to they gotta be put down a peg. With the, <laughs> the women's swimming team, they beat us. Now the women's field hockey team just getting destroyed all season. Oh, boy. <laughs> UBC, however, they also did not fare well against the Vikes. They lost their four games by a combined score of 11-2. They did force a shootout in one of the games in Vancouver, but were unable to pull off the upset. So Victoria finished the season undefeated, and then they went on to win the national championship as well. Uh, Izzy Fraser, Jordan Fairsick, Zach, sorry if I get your names wrong, uh, Kaylee Chow and Sarah Goodman were all named to the uh, to the conference all-star team, and UBC coach Poonam Sandhu was named coach of the year. Jordan Fasak is sitting in her computer right now listening, like, please get my name right. Please get my name right. I'm going to get him wrong. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm sure she won't take too much offense. While not as universally dominant as our swimming teams historically, our rowing programs also saw a changing of the guard, at least for one group. The women's team, they won their third consecutive national championship in St. Catharines, but the men saw their bid for a fifth straight banner upended by an upstart Uvic Vikes squad. Yeah, the women's team, they were extremely consistent at this tournament. That's how they ended up winning their title. They placed first in only two of the six events, but they medaled in all six, which meant that overall they had enough points to top the podium. On the men's side, both UBC and UVic came four medals apiece with three golds each. However, the fourth medal for UVic was a, was a silver, whilst UBC's fourth was a bronze, putting the vo- and the Vikes put together slightly better non-podium finishes to snag the title, the first in the school's history. I'll give a little clap for you, Vic. You know how I feel about you, Vic. Good for them. Liam Smith, he was named Men's Roar of the Year. He contributed two of UBC's three gold medals, one in singles and one as part of the eights team. Yeah, a number of Thunderbirds also raced in the National Rowing Championships in Victoria. Mary Law and Aaron Patterson grabbed silver and bronze in the lightweight women's singles for Team BC, while Emerson Crick earned a bronze medal for Nova Scotia in the lightweight men's singles. I've talked about it before, but Emerson Crick, 
just such a good rowing move. <laughs> like I think of the scene from the social network with like the, the Winklevoss twins mm. racing and they're like from Harvard and everybody's wearing like blazers and yeah, Emerson Crick would fit in there so perfectly. <laughs> Now, moving on to uh, volleyball, the men's volleyball team, they head into the winter break with a 3-3 three and three record. They are third place in the Canada West West Division behind Trinity Western and UBC Okanagan. The Thunderbirds started out 2-0 uh, uh, with wins over UFV, but then lost twice to TWU and split a series against UBCO, dropping them out of the national rankings for the first time this season at the beginning of December. Yeah, this team, they truly go all or nothing at the service line. They lead the entire country in aces per set with 2.85, but they also average 5.85 service errors per set, which is worst in Canada West. In their three wins, they have a combined ace-to-error differential of minus 10. In their three losses, it's minus 50. <laughs> minus 50 in three games. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that ain't great. I mean, just the, the nearly six service errors per set is crazy because you only need 25 points to win a set. Yeah. So they're giving up over 20% of the required points by just hitting it into their own net on the <laughs> serves. It's, 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 it's not great. <laughs> we'll take it, say their opponents. <laughs> yeah, Matt Neves... With this all-or-nothing approach, he does lead Canada West in aces per set at 0.9. He also leads the team in kills, followed by Michael Dahanyuk and Colton Liu, who have once again formed a fairly evenly distributed attacking trio this season. Hopefully they can clean up their errors uh, heading into the new year. The women's team is also 3-3, three and three, as they have split all three of their weekend series so far. Very even performance from them. They briefly jumped into the national rankings after beating TWU in one of their two matchups, but dropped back out again after losing once to the Heat. Yeah, Thunderbirds, they've been good in a number of statistical categories, but not at the top of any of them. They're sixth in Canada West in both kills per set with 12.1 and hitting percentage at 210, third in aces per set, 1.96, and fourth in blocks per set, 2.07. Yeah, Claire um, Corsani, Cossarini. Cossarini. Thank you, Jake. Has had a great start to the season. I'm so happy for her because I can't get her name right. (laughs) Uh, As she's second on the team in kills per set, uh, 2.39, and second in blocks per set, uh, 0.87. She's also second in Canada West in hitting percentage at 0.427. Ollie's really getting the CITR sports experience here, where you like (laughs) pick a section of the script to read out, and you're like, Wait, what? (laughs) Who is this person? What is their name? I also don't know what I just said. (laughs) We will be be teaching you more volleyball as things progress. I need to play it. I need to see it. I need to live it. I need to know what these decimal points are. Yeah, center Kayla Oxlund, she is second on the team in digs per set at just under two. She's also fourth in Canada West in assists per set at 9.26. Emma Doyon, who I don't think we've mentioned at all on the show, she's a bench player for the Thunderbirds team, but She's used as a serving specialist, and she's second in the conference in aces per set at 0.6, despite actually not playing that much. I feel like Kayla Oxland is a really nice feel-good story because I remember she first came into the team when Liv Furlan, who was like the star for the Thunderbirds outside of Kira Van Rijk a couple of years ago, she went down with an injury. Kayla was just sort of thrust in there to be the new setter, and she did really well back then, and I'm happy that she's translated that positive play in limited action into this starting role and putting up these awesome numbers. Yeah, obviously all the teams from a couple of seasons ago are very much changed given yeah. how long it's been, all the people that have graduated, all the new people coming in. So for someone who's was on the team before that, coming th- 
through the canceled season and to now playing a big role. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Our men's basketball team, they have torched the competition on their way to a 10-0 record to open the season. Arguments can be made about the quality of opponents they're facing. None of the other teams in BC are, are juggernauts necessarily, but the team has taken care of business up to this point and is ranked number four in the country. The Thunderbirds have found a big fool uh, to rally around. Grant, Adu, uh, Shukman, Sandu, James Woods and Carl Foreman have contributed all over the score sheet for UBC. Notably, Adu uh, were transfers from other schools. Uh, meaning that UBC has turned a ragtag group into a well-oiled offensive bulldozer. Very nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I wrote that. <laughs> the men's basketball team, they've had a lot of tra- transfers in recent years, and uh, they've worked out so far for the team this season. Audu since fourth in Canada West in scoring at 17.8 points per game. Sandu leads the conference in three-point shooting. It's knocking down 56.8 of his long-range attempts, which is first in the conference by a lot. Watch out, Steph Curry. I know he just broke the NBA record for <laughs> three-pointers, but Suk Van Sandu is coming, and like Curry, he's also currently dealing with an ankle injury. <laughs> so hopefully he'll be healthy in the new year. The parallels never stop. <laughs> what can you say? Uh, as a team, the Thunderbirds check nearly every box. Second in points per game and assists. Third in field goal percentage and turnover avoidance. Fourth in three-point percentage and rebounding. It's been a really, really good start to the season. And it's something that we were a little bit surprised by because of all the departures that we had after the good squad of two years ago. Yeah, the transfers showing out. Yeah. Grad school legend, Kyle <laughs> Foreman. Love to see him. He's even older than you, probably. I doubt that. <laughs> uh, now... Talking about my age, I'm getting up there in age already, so our women's team has done me no favors by shaving years off my life with their play style. They set 3-7 and seven in Coach Aaron McAleenan's first season in charge, and outside of one blowout suffered at the hands of the Trinity Western Spartans, every game of theirs has been a veritable nail-biter. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> it's too much. Uh, UBC has found wins over the Cascades, Heat, and Timberwolves up to this point. But their average margin of victory in those contests has been minuscule, 1.66 points. An easy win would do wonders for this group and for your health. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's every game except one has been decided by four, five, six points, something like that. Well, it's like there was the one blowout game and then there were a couple other games that were decided by like seven, but they went to overtime. So they were tied (laughs) at the end of regulation. So it's a a lot. Yeah, Yeah, statistically, this team could improve in a myriad of ways, as you'd expect, given that they're three and seven on the season. They're currently seventh in rebounding in the conference, 10th in both steals and blocks, 12th in scoring, and 13th in field goal percentage. The most drawing problem areas are assists and three-point percentage, where they are second last and last in the conference, respectively. Yikes. Now, all teams in Canada West this year are guaranteed a playoff spot, but unlike their male counterparts, the women's team can't be content to stay the course. Expect Coach McAleena to make a host of changes over the winter break in an effort to reestablish some Thunderbird relevance. And a team that doesn't need to change too much over the winter break is our men's hockey team. They're having a phenomenal season to this point. They are 10-1-1, ranked number two in the entire country, their highest ranking in decades. Uh, both of their two losses came against Alberta, who are second in Canada West at 9-1. Uh, just two points uh, back off 
UBC. Uh, the two teams do not play each other again for the rest of the regular season. I remember after we lost those two games, we felt like 4-1-1 one, and one at that point. We're like, all right. Or maybe it was 6-1-1. One, one. I can't remember. But They're we, coming back down to earth. Yeah, exactly. That's what we thought. We're like, yeah, they had an easy schedule up to this point. But they've rebounded well. The fact that those are still the only two games they've lost. Super impressive. Thunderbirds... They have the second-best defense in the country. They're conceding just 1.78 goals per game. Ryland Toth in goal. He's sporting a 941 save percentage that is first in Canada West. And on the offensive side, Captain Tyler Sandhu is tied for third in Canada West in scoring with 15 points in 12 games. The next-best Thunderbird score is Jonathan Smart with 13 points. And rookie Chris Douglas leads the team in goals with seven. Defenseman Jarrett Tyska leads the conference in plus-minus at plus 15. The women's team... They might not be quite as high-flying as the men's, but they're still still doing very well for themselves. They are second in Canada West and seventh in the national rankings at 9-3. and three. Uh, The Thunderbirds are the second-highest scoring team in the country, averaging 4.08 goals per game, and the team boasts five of the top six scorers in Canada West. Ryland McKinnon and uh, Chanreet Bassey have, uh, both have 15 points. Shaley McConnell has 14 and Ireland Parrot and Mackenzie Cordick both have 12. The Thunderbirds, they also boast a stout defense that's allowed just 1.5 goals per game, giving them a plus 31 goal difference on the season. Goalie Elise Hugens, she has a 939 save percentage that is third in Canada West. It was even better a little while back. It was an <laughs> incredible number. It was over 950 for a little while there. She has been great on the back end. Yeah, every, every UBC win this season has been by multiple goals, and only one of their three losses has been by, been by more than one goal. They've also scored at least four times in half their games. Offensive juggernaut this team so far this season. And before we wrap this up, our final show of 2021, we have an interview to play for you. As mentioned off the top, Mike was able to sit down with Shaylee McConnell to discuss the team's strong first half of the season as well as McConnell being selected to Team Canada for the 2021 Universiade. Unfortunately, that tournament has been cancelled, so she won't be able to play there for Team Canada, but still a nice honour, and uh, you'll hear how that process came about. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9 FM, bringing you all the very latest about your UBC Thunderbirds. My name is Mike Liu, and today I'm joined by UBC women's hockey forward Shaylee McConnell. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. Um, before we begin, do you mind telling us a bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm in my fifth year here, here playing for UBC. I am a forward, started center, and I'm kind of moved to the wing. I'm studying business at Solder. I'm specializing in operations and logistics and hopefully graduating um, this next semester coming up. Awesome. Again, super great to have you here today. Uh, so yeah, let's get let's get right started. After the pandemic forced last season to be canceled, you guys have just returned to the ice in fashion thus far this year. Nine three and second in Canada West. So much momentum heading into the winter break. I mean, just from just from the outset, what was the mindset heading into this year? Yeah, so with last year, we were fortunate enough to practice throughout the entire year. So we're all on campus and we're got to get really close as a team and kind of build from the ground up there, starting from practice. And then with the new girls coming in, we got a big roster this year, but there's a lot of depth in the group. Um, everyone kind of has a role and we're just kind of started really good early on and just hopefully keep rolling into the second semester and we've been successful. And as a group, we're just super excited. And I think everyone's kind of focused and we think we have really good potential here to make it to nationals and hopefully win Can West coming up. 
Well, that's the hope for all of us here as well. <laughs> yeah. Is, uh, can you speak a bit to what sorts of challenges that you, your group has had to push through, especially with the COVID year? I mean, obviously you were able to practice, but I mean, practicing without games is not the best situations to be in. Yeah, it was definitely hard to stay motivated during that time. We did practice like five days a week and we did workout um, twice a week. Um, there was some highs and lows and definitely some blue days going to the rink where you didn't necessarily want to be there. But as a group, we kind of just stayed focused um, in that aspect and we kept each other up and we always checked in with one another. So I think that's how we really got through it. That's when you got to have each other's back, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So are there any differences that you've noticed with this year's group? Obviously, in the 2019 season was no slouch, but... Um, in, in general, like people on both the women's and men's side, the hockey team just seemed to be rolling. I mean, it, uh, have there been anything that you can really attribute that to or just something you've noticed yourself? I just think the girls are just super fired up. And I think after the COVID year, everyone's just super competitive right now, <laughs> uh, which is awesome. Like um, just sort of like to play in the lineup, the practice have been super competitive and we just push each other. And I think that's where we're getting a lot of success. We push each other in practices and then it shows up in the games. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of, have there been any of those sorts of moments which have really stood out to you just from the first half season? On or um, off the ice, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would say the Alberta weekend was a big weekend for us. Um, going into it, we haven't had much success in previous years with Alberta. They're a really tough team. Um, we took the challenge. We had a two-week break leading up to the Alberta weekend, and we focused so hard. We grinded it out. We pushed each other. We battled super hard on the ice, and I think that's what led to the success that weekend. Absolutely. And yeah, just do you mind speaking? Just how was how was returning to action? I mean, with everything being a bit uncertain, like did you have sort of did you have to make any sort of adjustments, or were there any restrictions you guys still deal with, dealt with, or still had to deal with? Yeah, um, with the COVID, like, we had separate dressing rooms, so it was kind of hard. Like, we weren't really united as a team in that aspect. On the ice, we wore masks all through the COVID year, and now, still with the masks on, we're lucky we don't have to wear them on the ice, <laughs> which was a plus. Um, and then, yeah, that's really the only thing that kind of jumps out is the mask. For sure. I mean, I, I honestly don't know how, how you guys managed to play hockey with masks on. <laughs> was tough all right and now i mean you're looking to graduate this year and you've become a leadership figure judging by the a on your chest um how do you feel your roles changed and how have you grown along with this women's hockey program yeah for sure i think i've just really matured um as a hockey player and also just as a person and that's kind of a huge um what the coaches say from the beginning when you um, kind of get recruited for the team, he's like, I want you to not only grow as a hockey player, develop as a hockey player, but also like be a better human. And with the academic side of things, I do feel like I'm prepared for kind of the next chapter of my life. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. But then again, it's kind of all coming to an end my university career, which is also super scary. And I don't want <laughs> to think about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, luckily that's all semester away, right? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And now with the team going on a one-month hiatus with exams and everything and Christmas break, what's the plan to make sure this momentum that you guys been able to get off of just really continues into the new year? Yeah, so we're going to still be practicing for a couple more weeks here uh, during the exam period. And then we do have like a kind of a program, a workout program we follow during the Christmas break. 
we'll be back kind of early January and we do have, I think, a week before we get back into the games. And I think just keeping focused and just always checking in with the girls and making sure we're doing the little things just to stay being prepared for the next um, semester because it's going to go by fast. This already has half the season's <laughs> gone. So feels like you just blink an eye and all of a sudden we're here with your break. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Oh, man. I mean, hey, good to see the SNC coaches aren't giving you too much of a break. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. All right. Um, now for a bit of a personal line of question. You were selected to represent Canada at this year's Winter University Ad, which is sort of like Olympics for university students, which would have kicked off in Lucerne five days from now. And you said that the flight would have left today, which sucks. Um, unfortunately, they have been canceled due to the Omicron variant, but um, and it is a disappointment for everyone involved. Uh, still, at least for all of us at the UBS community, I feel it was really cool to see your name on the roster. So. I guess the first thing I really want to ask was just, what was the selection process like? Yeah, no, uh, thank you. Yeah, so I didn't even really know much about Prisu. I kind of was on the ice one practice. My coach pulled me to side. It was like, you've been selected for this team um, to represent Canada and go to Switzerland. I kind of had to look more into it. I was a little like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Um, and then once I kind of knew more about it and the coaches reached out to me, like the head coach uh, for the FISU team, um, he kind of just said that, because he's uh, the head coach of Manitoba, that he's kind of seen me throughout the years play for UBC, uh, like my style of hockey. And I think just coaches all across kind of kind of like uh, rank players and um, put players' names into the building this team. And that was the case here. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. I mean, he sees a lot of you if he's, play, if he's the Manitoba coach. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so when you found out you made the roster, you talked a little bit about it, but what was that moment like? I mean, pulling on the Maple Leaf is something, well, I think almost every Canadian kid dreams of one day. Yeah, no, I was super shocked just to know that, like, I was selected for this team, and it's a huge honor, not only that I'm going to represent um, Canada for the tournament, but also, like, represent UBC being the only player from here. Um, and I think I was just super excited to just play along some of like the top players that I have played against and I kind of switched that to, oh, okay, now they're going to be my teammates and then also play at the international level. I've never done anything like it. So I was super excited for that. For sure. And I mean, what preparations were you making for the tourney just coming up? I mean, the news didn't come out for a while. So I assumed that there was like something in the works in terms of just getting together. Or just, uh, just what, so what were you doing to prepare yourself to get head over to Switzerland? Yeah, I wasn't thinking too much about it because we're in kind of mid-season here for the last <laughs> push. So right. it's kind of more focused on um, our team and the weekend coming up, our like last weekend. But we did have a team meeting, like the FISU team meetings every Monday as a group over Zoom. So it's kind of nice to like see some players through that and have the coaches talk and kind of explain more about it and the preparation, like how, what, like kind of uh, systems we're going to play and all this stuff. Sure. I mean, it sound, it sounded that like it would be really cool. And I just hate, I, I hate to bring it up like this. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, just so basically with that and now with the break, I mean, I really only have one last question for you. I mean, what's next for the UCT birds? What's next for Shaylee McConnell? Yeah, so I think going into this break and then kind of starting back up again after the new year, I th think the team's just rolling, rolling now. And 
we've had some success this first semester and being like the first and the second year, so their very first university games, having them have this experience now and kind of have a feel for it. I do think we're very prepared and super excited. And I just hope we just keep going and have the success. And really, this is a dream. Win the Can West um, Championship, head to nationals, hopefully become national champions. And I think that would kind of be the peak of my career. And then I can end on a good note and be like, yeah, I think I'm done my university career. <laughs> Hockey, well, yeah. Man, we'll be we'll be rooting for that to happen then. Um, yeah, that's 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 the plan. I mean, standing at the top for nationals, right? I mean, that's yeah. the end goal for every program. Oh yeah. And yeah, that's pretty much all I have for you. So again, Shaylee, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, it's, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Um, how should we stay connected to you guys as uh, as T-Birds Women Hockey? Yeah, we're pretty um vocal on social media, so Instagram. Facebook. Uh, we have a social media coordinator and she posts a lot about that, about our upcoming games and everything. For sure. And all right, with that, uh, thank you again for tuning in. This has been Michael Liu for Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9 FM. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Welcome back. Uh, thank you again to Shaylee McConnell for coming on the show. And now, as mentioned before the interview, this is our final show for the calendar year. We will be back in about a month in January once the second semester gets underway. But unfortunately, someone who won't be with us here live in the booth when that happens is Corey, as he will be heading back to Vancouver Island over the winter break and then staying out there. So uh, given that you've been such a big part of the show over the last few years, wanted to give you the floor to say anything you might want to say here uh potentially the last time uh live on the show yeah i hope you're listening lincoln rosebush i have lots to say (laughs) (laughs) no 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 no. i'm not gonna make him catch any more strays he's heard enough from me over the past few years yeah thank you jake uh it has been a great honor to be on this show jake has been keeping track of how many times each person has been on the show because he's a psychopath that's true this is my 66th time on the show which is so many i have enjoyed all of them even the ones where we were doing the shows by distance and i was sitting in my girlfriend's room just like recording things on my phone while she was trying to sleep i even enjoyed those it was a great time this has been a wonderful opportunity uh, i think it really helped me as i've been a part of the journalism program as well And I think there's a lot of experiences interviewing people, being on the show, doing commentary, all that sort of stuff that I'm going to remember for a really long time. So hopefully I will still be contributing come second semester, writing stuff for the script because I will miss it. And I'd love to have my long words confuse Diana when we get into the (laughs) second semester. But otherwise, this is me signing off on the mic for the foreseeable future. Ollie, as a member of the class of the UBC Journalism School here. I formally pass the torch to you so that we continue to have a representative on the show. Yeah, just uh, 66 more shows for me to beat the record. 65! Oh yeah, to beat the record. To beat the record. I'm about beating records. No, Corey. (laughs) No sharing the glory. We got one show to go. It was a pleasure. Uh, And yeah, I'm excited for the future, hearing all the same things. You know, I want to do the same things that Corey has done. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was almost three years ago now that you yeah. first debuted on the oh, show. Oh my goodness, I'm so we th- old. I'm never, I'm never going to get that right. <laughs> <laughs> we, we thought that you might be done before the pandemic happened. Because yeah. Because you weren't sure whether you were going to even be at UBC or if you, and then you got accepted into the Masters of Journalism program live on a show. What a legendary <laughs> show. That was so much fun. Yes. <laughs> and uh, here you are about a little over a year and a half later, and now... We're 
actually going to have a bit of a goodbye here. But obvi- <laughs> obviously, you'll still be around. You'll still be contributing to the script. We'll be shouting you out. And uh, But it's great to have you here one more time in the booth. Thank you, Jake. And with that, thank you for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbird's news and stories is to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at CITR Sports. Next up on CITR is The Shakespeare Show. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jake McGrail, Corey Branson, and Ollie Nicholas. Thank you for tuning in, and have a great rest of your day.